to you again the words from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Just then, a religion scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? He answered, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? He said that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence and that you love your neighbor as well as you do yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it and you'll live. Looking for a loophole, the scholar asked, and just how would you define neighbor? Jesus answered by telling a story. There once was a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road. But when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite religious man showed up. He also avoided the injured man. A Samaritan traveling the road came on him. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religion scholar responded. Jesus said, go and do the same. The word of God for the people of God. So yesterday, um, I and Reverend Jeanette and others had the great opportunity to attend the, the Pride March in Hillcrest, marching with the folks of Foothills, UMC, and other churches in the area. And of course, this thing we call Pride, it happens every year, but this one was a little bit special. This year, it marked the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Rebellion, an event that marked history in a revolutionary way for the LGBTQIA community. 50 years ago, in 1969, an LGBTQ safe haven in New York was raided, and it became one of the main players in the queer rights movement. When queer and transgender people of color decided one day to fight back against the unfair police raids and the discrimination at their bar. The Stonewall Rebellion, it soon became iconic as queer folks used their voices to give voice to the oppression in their community. And so to this day, we have pride marches because of Stonewall and other places and people who decided that the queer community would have a voice and their genders and sexualities would no longer be policed. Today we celebrate pride as an event of liberation and of visibility, a time when queer people are seen and their voices are heard even when much of society still views them as other. For this week or for this designated pride month or whatever the time period is, this other community is being put closer to center stage, where they're visible and prominent, where they are blessed by their community. As we look to our scriptures for today, I'm reminded of something that I love about scripture, and that is that scripture is alive. The words on the page, they don't change, but the ways that we read them do change. 
Scripture is spirit-driven, I believe, and so even if we're reading the most familiar story in the book, God allows us to glean newness from it. I say this about Scripture because today we read this familiar story, a popular one I've heard here at Mission Hills especially, but we're perhaps going to focus on something a little bit different today. The author of Luke in this story is writing as a means of preparation. The author is recording this encounter with the religious scholar and with Jesus to prepare the listeners of this message to understand what Jesus' message is for them. The point that Jesus is making here, I believe, and the thing perhaps Jesus wants us to get to as listeners, is that Jesus blesses the other. Usually when we read this story and name it, it centers around the Samaritan who helps the man on the road. This man on the road isn't even given a name, yet the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, gets a full story dedicated to him in our Bible headings today. But today we're going to look at this story in a different way. Instead of looking at how the story is sold to us now, let's instead look at how Jesus tells it. For some context, Jesus is talking to this religious scholar, somebody very educated and very privileged, and he's talking to them about this big thing called eternal life. The scholar knows that in order to inherit eternal life, our task is to love God and to love neighbor. He knows that. We are instructed of that in Deuteronomy, the first text that we read today, but for some reason this scholar is not satisfied with those instructions. And I think that's because it's a big task, it's a tall order to really fully love God and love neighbor. And so what he does is he goes to Jesus and he asks him a clarifying question. He says, what do you mean by neighbor? This scholar obviously rep represents more than just himself. He represents a group of us, perhaps even all of us, who know that love God and love neighbor is what God is calling us to do. But we spend our entire lives in church trying to get better and better at this, and still we are not perfect. So this scholar, he got to this point of desperation, a point of wanting to control God's narrative so much that he literally asked God to put limits on who we love. He's saying, we know, what this, we know what the law says, but can you actually define that for us a little bit more? He tells us, yeah, God, I know you're saying to love everybody, but that's a lot of people, and some of them just aren't that easy for me to love. So can we narrow down the list a little bit? Jesus responds to this man with a grace that only Jesus can offer. And he responds by telling a story in true Jesus form. And when he tells this story, this parable, Jesus makes the other the star of the show. Jesus takes this opportunity with the scholar to educate him and to educate all of us. And he does so by lifting up the life of this person that we would rather ignore. The religious scholars point to Jesus is that it's so much easier to just walk by someone who is different than us, someone who's marginalized by society. 
And Jesus tells us in this story that even the priests ignore the stranger. The most educated and the people who themselves are marginalized, everybody has this tendency to forget or to walk by or to ignore the other. But in the midst of that, Jesus teaches through this story differently. Jesus gives this individual, the man on the road, a story. He shares this tragic history that adds volume and humanness to what happened to this man who wasn't even given a name or a face by our author. Jesus teaches us that these people, these others, they are blessed. Even when we don't get it, even when we don't get Jesus' point, Jesus is blessing the other. Jesus has already blessed the other. Jesus is busy blessing the other, and too often we, especially we in the church, unfortunately, are too busy asking Jesus to define exactly what he meant by neighbor. And when we do that, we can't see the work. We can't see those blessed others. The gospel today has other as the main player in the text, and the one that Jesus blesses specifically. And that urges to ask ourselves who we are not seeing. Who are the people that are not like us, whatever that means, the people who would be easy to walk by or not acknowledge? Being a neighborhood church, we are being challenged to ask who our neighbors are, because they aren't just the folks here today. Our community is bigger and more diverse and more complex and vibrant than just us folks here today. And I don't say this as a negative, but as a piece of good news to offer today. There is so much more room for us to continue evolving and expanding and redefining ourselves as a church family. I want us to take just a minute. We'll do a little talk back. I want you to look around the room for just like a couple seconds. And I want you to ask who is not here in this room today. What groups of people or um, what demographics do we not see enough of in this room? You can just shout those groups out. Young people. Young people. Minorities. Minorities. Homeless. Homeless. Mentally challenged. Yeah, mentally challenged. Physically challenged. Physically challenged. And there are others, too, who we are still even forgetting to see. Jesus is lifting up and naming the marginalized voices in the story. Perhaps the folks who are not here in these pews today. Perhaps the folks that you named just a moment ago. And we are called to do the same thing. As simple as it is for us to be like the scholar in this story asking leading questions to narrow down our mission pool, or justifying the reasons that we give for why a certain group of people is not here, we are being urged instead to simply love God and love neighbor. When we ask, who is my neighbor, the answer every single time is yes, them too. How can we do church differently to include more voices, more cultures, more demographics? 
how can our understanding of worship be strengthened by those that we consider other? The good news is that while we are asking these questions, while we're approaching these tough conversations, Jesus is still blessing the other. While the religious scholar was asking his leading questions, Jesus still used his platform to raise the story of the man who would otherwise be ignored. The good news is that through Jesus' words, we are reminded that liberation is still taking place among us. This awful discrimination and harm and trauma, it continues to happen to this people group. And many are still calling them other. Yet just like Jesus blessing the man in our story today, the LGBTQIA plus community had Stonewall and has pride. And there are women's marches and small moments of justice for migrants and Black Lives Matter rallies and gun violence protests and the list goes on. We are shown today in our story that these are our neighbors, friends. These are the people who are being raised up in our story today, people who are resilient and brave and strong. And our task is to use our privilege as employed people or white people or males or straight people or cisgender people or Christian people. Our task is to use that privilege to widen our table to elevate the voices that are not being heard, and simply put, to bless. Our gospel, it reminds us what being a neighbor is all about. And like the Samaritan who stopped to help, we too can recognize the value of being that neighbor, a fellow companion in the body of Christ. And we do that by remembering to look beyond our small circle to expand that term, neighbor. Deciding who is worthy of love is not our job, and thank God for that. But we are given the chance to be love, to be neighbor, and to bless. Friends, as we leave this place today, may we look to those margins. May we put names and faces to those that are easy for us to skip over. May we see our own belovedness reflected also in all those who Jesus blesses. And may we answer that call to ask big questions that will allow us to be the church for and with more people. Let us pray. God of liberation and love, we give you thanks for your vastness, for the depth of your abilities, and your work. Lead us to spaces and people that are bigger than ourselves. Empower us to tell the stories that you are calling us to tell. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.